Are you sending direct mail? Is your phone ringing off the hook with motivated seller calls? If it's not, it's probably because you're not marketing. One of my favorite ways to reach motivated sellers is by using direct mail. And the reason is, is I can target those who may have recently got a divorce or who have inherited a property from a death um, and so on and so forth. I can also target high equity. I can target absentee owners. And it is a tried and true way to get your message out. And more importantly than that, to get your phone ringing. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail so you can see the exact mail provider that I use. I want to share them with you. They do letters and postcards. Letters as low as 59 cents and postcards as low as 39 cents. Mike and I send hundreds, if not thousands of postcards and letters to motivated sellers in our market every single week. Reason is, is because it works and we are going to continue to send direct mail because it works. So if you're not using a mail provider already, we want to share with you the company that we use. And they will hook you guys up with special pricing. Mention David Dodge or Mike Slane when you contact them. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail to get more information. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Your host, Mike Slane and David Dodge. Hey, guys, good morning to you. Good afternoon, I guess. Well, really whenever matter you're what listening, podcast, that's what's but, so uh, neat about podcasts. Whenever you're listening, that's right. good day to you. That's what's great about podcasts. We record it when we feel like it. You listen to it when you feel like it. It's perfect. When you can. That's right. Yeah, so the Discount Property Investor Podcast, we are all about uh, real estate investing, primarily wholesaling. Wholesaling is what we recommend everyone get started with when you are investing or beginning your investing in real estate. Uh, we put together a completely free course for everyone, the freewholesalecourse.com. Uh, we encourage everyone to check that out. We've got a ton of reviews on it, and most of them have been positive, so we're really proud of that. Mm -hmm. Something that we enjoyed putting together and hope you enjoy and learn from. So again, that is where we really recommend most people start wholesaling, or start real estate investing, is in wholesaling. The reason for that, you're going to learn comps. You're going to learn them yourself. You're going to learn them from other people walking through. Your property is telling you, no, I think the rehab's too high. Uh, they're going to tell you, no, I think uh, you know your price is a little high. At this price, it would make sense for me. So wholesaling is a great way to leverage other investors' knowledge to build your own knowledge and start your real estate investing career. 
But today on the podcast, Dave, we're going to talk about uh, refinancing rental properties. So Dave and I have been uh, working on the Burr strategy in our business to... Hell yeah, we have. To grow... Yeah, buddy. To grow our rental portfolio to 150. 150, why? We don't know. That's the number we picked. That's the number we're going after. Uh, So we're about a third of the way there. And uh, what do we do, Dave? So what's the Burr method? Oh, the Burr method. I love the Burr method. So the Burr method is a way to buy properties and rental properties with little to none of your own money. And Burr is an acronym. So it stands, it's B with four R's behind it, Burr. B stands for buy. And then what you do is you are going to rehab or renovate. That's the first R. The second R would be rent that property out. Uh, The third R would be to refinance that property. So we're buying these properties with private lenders or um, or lines of credit or even bank loans. But essentially we're we're buying it with someone else's money. Right. So then we're going to we're going to rent that or we're going to we're going to rehab that property and then we're going to rent that property and then we're going to refinance all the money back. So basically we're going to pay off whoever we borrowed from originally with a bank in the end. And then the last R of the Burr strategy is to repeat. So you use this strategy to acquire a lot of rentals in a short period of time. As Mike mentioned, we're uh, close to 50 properties already. And our goal is to get to 150 in the next uh, one to two years, hopefully sooner. You know, The faster we can go, the better. Faster, I'd the better. Lo- I'd right? love to have it done by December, but that's probably not realistic for us. Just but we're not going to rule that out. Decide. We're not ruling <laughs> hey, that out. Hey, if we find a good package, maybe we will. That's right. Know? That's Never right. Know. So that's the birth strategy, guys. As Mike mentioned before, if you are new to real estate investing, start with wholesaling. It's a great way to learn to talk to sellers, uh, negotiate deals, run your numbers, and really the best deals that any real estate investor is going to get is going to be when you go direct to the seller. Uh, You can bypass a real estate agent in some cases, not always, but when you're dealing with the seller directly, it's going to save them a lot of time and expense, and it's going to save you a lot of cost. So you're really looking to do a win-win when you're dealing directly with the sellers. Um, So again, check out the free wholesale course if you're new or haven't already. It's awesome. Today, we are going to be talking about refinance. So this is the third R in the Burr strategy. And we've actually done a little, a couple mini series, and this is actually episode five of our mini series. Is mm-hmm. that right, Mike? Mm-hmm. Episode five, essentially. Um, so if you're wanting to know more about the birth strategy or all about the birth strategy, go back a couple episodes and start when we started with chapter, or I guess episode one, where we talked about buying. Yeah, but check, today, out, check out the birth strategy again on our previous podcast. You can find those on discountpropertyinvestorpodcast.com mm-hmm. or on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're pretty much everywhere. So thank you guys for watching today and checking out the podcast. Hell yeah. All right. So let's talk let's about refinancing. We've done enough intro to, uh, mm-hmm, to what do they call mm-hmm, that, beat mm-hmm. a dead horse. We just keep beating that dead horse. We're going to keep beating it. Yeah. That's all right, though. <laughs> refinance today, guys. So refinance. refinance. We're playing chess, guys. We're not playing checkers in this game. You have to think ahead uh, about building wealth and creating a rental portfolio. It's not a simple, you know, one, two, three thing. I mean, you don't want to overcomplicate it, but when you're talking about refinancing with banks, they like to see history. They want to see uh, what you have done in the past and they want to make sure that they are essentially betting on a winning horse. They don't want to gamble their money. They want to know that you're going to pay them back. So what am I getting at here? Well, long story short, if you are a uh, an employee currently, you're working for someone else, you have to keep working for someone else for a while. 
you need to have at least two years tax returns doing what you've been doing. That's a great so point, So that you Mike. can get refinanced That's with a lenders. great point. So again, guys, I know I want you to quit your day job if you hate it. I want you to quit and be self-employed and But having those want. W-2 returns is really going to help you. Those W-2s are worth more than just that paycheck. Yeah, that you're they getting. are. They're worth a lot. They're worth a lot yep. more than just that paycheck. If you don't have any experience in rental real estate, uh, if you have been an employee, do not quit that day job yet. I, I want to just emphasize that point that that W-2 that you get from your employee or your employer is very, very important. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point. The banks see you as a lendable person, essentially. Mm -hmm. So the, like I said, so the refinancing is a game of chess, not checkers. You want to keep that W-2 and you want to go apply with as many banks as possible. Up Man, front. that's a gold nugget. Apply with as many banks as you can and start that process today. Don't wait until you buy a house and then you've rehabbed that house and you're leasing that house to then go talk to a banker about refinancing it, guys. You need to be doing all these things at the same time or even before. So go set up your relationship with a banker or bankers. We personally like to work with a local bank that has between maybe three to five on the low side branches, some, some, some even less, um, but you know maybe 10 or 15 branches. These are local banks. And the reason we like them is because they're gonna lend to us in a style of portfolio lending, meaning that they're not gonna be selling these mortgages um, off to the secondary market. So Mike, what are some benefits of working with these local banks as well? We were talking about it a minute ago with the whole Amort thing. Absolutely. So local banks. So uh, why do we work with local banks? Well, they're more likely to invest in their community. Mm, they love that. They see it's going to be difficult to get U.S. Bank or Bank of America to do a loan for uh, us on, yeah, on a rental. It's much more. We don't live in. It's higher risk. All the above. Mm -hmm. So let's let's circle back real quick though. So when you're working with the um, the local banks and they give you, let's say they give you a loan on a property and it's a 20 year uh, term on that loan, um, or it's a 20 year amortization, I should say. However, the term may be three or five. That's going to be basically pretty standard. Most banks are going to be leaning towards, you know, offering three year loans. If you pay an extra quarter point or half a point, you may be able to get the five, the five year term. But what makes it different with dealing with these local banks who are doing these portfolio loans versus a, a bigger bank or a bank that's not local is when that term comes due, right? The end of that three or that five year period, even though your amortization table is, let's say on a 20 year amort, um, if you don't have a local bank, it's gonna be very difficult to renew, okay? And that's a really big, a big thing that I want to harp on just for a second is whenever these loans come due, essentially they're really just coming due for somebody to re-underwrite them, right? They're, you're not having to go out and get another loan from a different bank necessarily um, to, to get that to get a new loan on it. Instead, what happens is the bank does an appraisal and they adjust the interest rate and then they give you another three to five year term. But what's most important about that whole thing that I just rambled on to, to you guys about is that the amortization does not start back at day one. So if I have a five-year term, let's say, on a 20-year amort, and I get through the first five years, I'm on year six of 20. 
If I go refinance that to another bank at another 20 year AMOR, I'm starting at day one again. This is where the snowballing power really, really, really comes into play. Yeah, so in what Dave is, is mentioning here is the fact that you're staying on year six as opposed to year one. So if you know much about uh, or, lending or four, or whatever the term is, but yeah. the, um, the, the interest is paid very, very heavily up front. So being in year one, you're paying probably 90% interest, maybe even more, maybe 95% interest and 5% goes actually towards the principal balance of that loan. So you make very, very little progress in the first few years towards paying down the principal balance of that house. That's why uh, renewing versus refinancing these loans is such a powerful thing. So I wanna circle back though, because we're, we're really talking about two different types of loans too. So, and we're talking about commercial loans. Uh, so commercial loans is really what we are approved for, and uh, it's super, super powerful um, that we're able to get more than those first traditional 10 mortgages. So a lot of people say, oh, you can only get approved for up to 10 mortgages. Well, then how and do you I do get, that? I get two or three people a week sending me messages on different social media saying, how do you guys get around the 10-year rule? And the, I'm like, or the, the, the 10 property threshold, essentially, right? And I think what, what, the, what they mean by that is, um, a lot of banks will will allow you to get up to 10 loans in your personal name. Um, but once you get above 10, they're not very willing to lend to you because it's in your personal name and it's just high risk. They want you to have a business. Right. So let's talk. So exactly. So and, and that changes, too. And I don't really know all the laws. And I don't that. even have this is funny, but I don't even have 10 loans in my personal name. You know, it's hard to get. It's hard they to get. Hard I to think get I maybe personal. have four, three or four. So it's like you don't necessarily even have to put them in your personal name. You can put them in an entity. Yeah, I had three, and that's why I'm so so. I emphasize so heavily to keep your W two job because I quit mine, and then I wasn't able to get financed for a while, and it really set me back. So I had to I had to prove myself as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. that my so it takes two to three years. It typically. takes a couple of years to say, hey, listen, I'm making money in this trade or this profession. Can you lend me money again? And they say, well, they're still not very comfortable with it. So yeah. again, you really want to leverage that W two, get as many as you can, go the traditional route. Uh, typically, you can get away with a little bit cheaper interest rates when you go with conventional uh, mortgages in your personal name. Mm -hmm. So again, you want to do that, get as many as you can, and then once you hit that threshold where they're like, we can't give you any more loans, then say, oh, okay, well, I'd like, then start approaching other banks for commercial loans. So again, it's step one, you're going to try to get as many personal as you can for the lowest uh, interest rate you can, amortized over, well, again, and this is all personal, uh, over the longer period, the longest period you can, so you increase your cash flow. So let's talk about uh, just the loan terms uh, real quick. Sure. So one of the terms is term. And what we mean by that is the duration. the duration of the loan. That's correct. So when we're in our commercial loans, we're saying we've got a three-year or a five-year term. And what that means is- And that is, locks in the rate. That's all that means. That's all it is. It locks in the rate. And at the end of that term, the bank's going to want to do some more due diligence to make sure that you, A, are paying your taxes, B, you're paying the bank, and see that you are lendable. There's somebody that they want to do business with. Exactly, and our commercial lenders are typically one, three, or five years. Mm -hmm. uh, we like to stretch it out as far as we can, just because we'd rather be locked in. We rather rates are really low right now. They're historically are... low. So if we can pay an extra quarter point of a historically low rate to get two more years guaranteed at that rate, we do, and it we stagger. Sense. So we don't have all ones or threes or fives. 
I don't know if we have any ones, do we? No. I think they're mostly just the hard or the sh private money short-term loans, but all of our banking loans are basically staggered between three and five, just to limit risk and also lock in those rates for a little bit longer periods of time. Love that, Mike, good work. So um, term is, is one of them. The next thing it would be interest. That's something you need to be aware of. What's the interest rate? And the interest rate, um, assuming you have a fixed rate loan versus an adjustable. Adjustable is very simple, guys. It adjusts, okay? If it's a term, um, a loan with a term, then that interest rate is going to be provided by the bank, all right? So shop around. Interest rates can vary quite a bit from bank to bank, as well as, you know, the other other items that are addressed. So we have uh, ter uh, term, we have interest rate. What do you got? What else you got, Mike? Then the amortization. Amortization, so, very important. So the term, and again, it's probably not quite right. So the term of the loan could be 30 years, but we call it a 30-year amortization or a 20-year amortization. Yeah, so, so the amort and the term are actually two totally different things. That's a good point to make. Yeah, we probably need to look up what they're actually... Again, amortization, I know for a fact, is the period over which it's financed. It's the pay scale in which in which the percentages of your payment go to interest versus principal. That's what an amortization table is. Um, so yes, absolutely. So amortization, you wanna become familiar with that. Interest rates, you wanna become familiar with those. So if you're new to this process or you wanna get involved in the BRRRR process, go talk to your local, a local banker or several. You know, get to know those people, get that relationship going with them. If they will lend you, great, jump right in. If they won't lend you, that's okay too. Ask them what it's going to take to create a business relationship with them. And they're going to look at your taxes. They're going to look at your W-2. They're going to look at your debt to income. They're going to look at your financials. And they're going to be able to tell you, hey, you know, we would love to do business with you. Most people don't realize this, but banks make money by lending it, right? When you deposit money into a bank, they're losing money essentially because they owe you an interest rate on it. So they have to then arbitrage your money and lend it out to make money. So banks love lending money, but they have to lend, but, but they protect who they lend to because they don't like to lose money. Nobody wants to lose money. So banks get paid when they do loans. So go talk to these banks. And if they won't lend to you, just ask them, okay, no problem. What do I need to do to become lendable? What is that going to take? And I got it. And then, um, and they're going to tell you, they're going to say, Hey, your credit score is a little low and your debt to income is a little high. So reduce some debt, try to make more money if you can, and you know, pay off some bills or try to get that credit up. And they'll, they'll essentially become a coach to you. They will coach you on what you need to do to get a loan. I love that. And that's, again, part of the reason why... Sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, that's great. And that's important. part of the reason why it's very important to go and to apply to a couple banks. Because they will. They will help you. They will figure out, hey, listen, your credit's not great. You need to improve it. I mean, again, it's it may be hard news to hear or it may not be something you want to hear that they can't lend you money, but you've got to bite that bullet and figure out how you can get them to lend you money. So it is, it's very important to go and try to apply to as many as you can, as quick as you can, uh, just to get this ball rolling and find out what it is that's adversely affecting your uh, lendability or your ability to uh, borrow money. Love it. Okay, cool. So we talked about uh, commercial loans, we talked about term, interest, and amortization. <coughs> uh, the difference between the traditional, um, the conventional mortgages in your personal name, typically you're going to get fixed rates for 20 or 30, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever your uh, amortization is. For a personal? For the personal yep. loans, you're probably going to get the rate locked for that, the length of the mortgage. So the term, so what Mike's referring to is that the term 
and the amortization table line up. They're both for 15, 20, 25, even 30 years. I have a couple 30-year loans where the term is 30 years with a fixed rate the entire time, and the amortization table is also on a 30-year. However, when you get to commercial, well, and it, that changes a little bit. And it gets even more confusing because you could get a variable rate, but we always suggest, especially at low interest rates, get the fixed rate mortgage. Uh, so then on the it's commercial- for for keeping track of everything too when you have a- Yeah, plus who wants their interest rate to go up? Right. Um, and again, at historic lows, it just makes sense to lock it in versus right. not. So with a commercial loan though, that's where things get a little different. That's where the term and the amortization don't necessarily line up. And this is what we got excited about and we're telling you about before. So hopefully we'll reiterate that and hopefully understand uh, why it's a powerful thing. So that the commercial one, uh, your amortization can be scheduled over a 20 year period. Typically that's about as far, 25 as some of our lenders will do on the amortization table. Uh, but that the term is gonna be much shorter, meaning it's only gonna be for three years before they say, hey, listen, this loan is up and you have to do something with it. Well, the reason the lender does this on the commercial one is they wanna re-underwrite you essentially. They wanna make sure you're still credit worthy. They wanna make sure that you know, you're paying them, et cetera, et cetera. And if the interest rate goes up, they wanna increase the interest. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Everybody wants to get paid. So again, the commercial loans, yes, there is a little bit more variability, a little bit more risk on your part, a little bit more risk on the bank's part because they're loaning to an LLC, not necessarily to you personally. Um, a lot of them will make you sign a personal guarantee anyways, but uh, yeah, that's just part of it. So Dave, that's pretty much all I've got on the, uh, on the refinance <coughs> process. So the refinance, let, let, let's circle around real quick and talk about the big picture, right? So when you're using the burst strategy, the refinance part of this is as important as every piece of the burst strategy, right? So if you are using private funds or hard money to buy the property, and then you rehab that property and you rent that property out, you need to refinance to be able to pay off those hard money lenders or those private lenders for several reasons. One, your initial term with those, with those individuals or those companies probably wasn't for three to five years. It was probably four, six, eight months, right? Um, also, the interest rate that you're paying to those private lenders is gonna be two to three, maybe even four times as much in terms of your annual interest as you are gonna be paying if you have a bank that you're working with. Bank money is most of the time the cheapest money there is in terms of the cost or the interest rate. Um, so refinancing is very, very important in the birth strategy. You have to be able to pay those private lenders back um, so you can then reborrow that money to keep the train rolling, right? Buy the next one and keep keep your, your crews rehabbing and, and so on and so forth. So. Um, refinance is is obviously super important. Work with or go introduce yourself to local bankers. Um, let make sure they know who you are. And again, if you aren't approved today, don't walk out of that bank ashamed and disappointed. <laughs> I've been denied loan. I get denied a loan once a month, but it's only because I'm trying to get loans on lots of things. So real it talk. happens. I don't even care. Real talk, right? Real now. talk. We What's literally up? have just applied to two new lenders. And they both said, hey, your credit looks great. Everything you sent us looks great. One of them came back and said, let's do business. The other one said, we don't like you. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. So again, we right. say, okay, what cool. are you looking for? We're going to go apply to four more. It doesn't hurt our feelings. What are you looking right. for? Okay, we'll figure that out. We'll fix that. So we'll we can get it. loans from them as well. Correct. Also, there's other lenders out there, and they all view things a little bit differently. They do. So again, you're going to learn from your experience. So exact, like Dave said, do not be ashamed of being denied by a bank. Learn from that. That That's the whole point, is that we don't get this education from our educational system, from no. going to school. Nobody tells you, hey, here's what you need to do to get a loan from a bank. It's very, very important. It's so again, yeah. go out there, ask the loan officer, hey, what can I do? Love it, guys. Well, that's going to probably wrap up this episode. Again, this is uh, going to be episode five oh. of our mini-series on the birth strategy. What's Dave, up? We didn't finish. Well, what do we got? We got to emphasize the fact that you got to know your numbers up front. Oh, man, that's okay, right. Okay, so we talked all about the how-to of the refinance. Great. But you also need to figure out what your monthly payment is ahead of time. So if you if you know your numbers... You need to ahead, work them backwards. You do. But go ahead. And we've got a cool little spreadsheet... Uh, we'll probably put something in um, online for you guys, maybe a link to it. Mm -hmm. So basically, or you can find them, just look it up, is an amortization schedule. So go out there and plug in, hey, if I borrow $80,000 on this property, amortized over 20 years, uh, what is my monthly payment? That's my payment going to be. And then you've got to add in your insurance and, taxes. and your taxes mm -hmm. and figure out what that monthly cost is. Because that is going to affect your cash flow, and you need to know your numbers ahead of time. That's a, that's so a really to, good point. Let's wrap up on that, Dave. Again, I just wanted to hit that before yeah, we Yeah, so uh, whenever you are, are using your birth strategy, the whole purpose um, of the strategy is, again, to be able to acquire a lot of assets quickly with little to no money. However, if you buy a bad deal, it's not going to work very well. The birth strategy doesn't work very well because what happens is, is that your refinance numbers are gonna be less, meaning the loan the bank's gonna give you is gonna be less than what you might have borrowed to purchase and fix that property. So you wanna work these numbers backwards and know before you buy it, what you think it may appraise for, as well as um, what you think you might get a loan for. Because some lenders are gonna lend different amounts and use different formulas in different areas. So again, Go meet those people. So absolutely, don't forget to do to work the numbers and or know your numbers before you start. Uh, but again, you know, there's something to be said about somebody who jumps in. Sometimes it, some of the best lessons are learned from mistakes. So don't Love be it. afraid to make mistakes. Either. Thank you for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't checked out the free wholesale course, go do that. We always want to emphasize that. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you guys again soon. Talk to you next time, guys. Signing off. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in.